Hello, hello. I am Ashley Caudill, Senior Instructional Designer at the School of Education and Human Development at the University of Virginia, and welcome to Designed for Online. This episode of Designed for Online is our Ask Ashley segment, where I'll be joined by my colleague, Jenny Corals, who is the Director of Online Initiatives at the School of Education and Human Development at UVA. In the Ask Ashley segment, we're going to answer questions we've received from faculty in hopes that we can help you in your instructional journeys, whether you're new to online teaching or you're a veteran and just want a couple quick tips, or even if you're an aspiring instructional designer. Jenny, thank you for joining me today. How are you doing in this new year? I'm good, Ashley. Happy New Year to you. Woo! So do you have any resolutions? <laughs> I feel like that's always the typical question that you get asked in January. So I'm going to do it. What is your New Year's resolution? You know, it is the typical January question. And a few years ago, I swear there's there was this like, anti-resolution sentiment, but I have to tell you, I'm kind of, I'm back on resolutions. Um, I'm looking at them a little differently because I'm a little older and, you know, a little wiser. It's Sure. A little grayer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But definitely, you know, what I think I've learned in the past couple of years is that I have a tendency to over-program. I over-program myself. I over-program my kids. And and there's just this sense that, um, you know, we need to be doing all the things um, to be, you know, good citizens and good family members and good friends. And I, I think we really need to pull back on that a little bit. So my, my resolution, I guess, is to, to do a little bit less, but be present more. So Ooh. you'll have to check in on me and see if I can hold true to that resolution for all of 2022. What about you? Any, any big resolutions for you or the family? You know, I think what I'm going to do, and this might sound weird or silly, but I'm going to try to send more mail. And what I mean by that is, (laughs) what I mean by that is I have family that is not local to me. They live in the Midwest. I have a sister in Arizona and another sister who is a few hours away from me. And I have two young children and I have created a private Facebook page where I can just do photo dumps and videos of my kids um, just because my family doesn't see them all the time. But my daughter has recently really gotten into art and is really drawing up a storm like she loves to draw. And so I've been taking pictures of her artwork and posting them on my family page. And when I was FaceTiming my dad the other day, he was like, can you just send me some of those like artworks? Like I would love to have them and put them in picture frames. And I was like, I totally should have been doing that this whole time. Like I didn't even think about (laughs) sending this artwork to my family so they can enjoy it. Cause like I'm here. So I get to actually physically look at it and see all the details, but on a computer screen, it's a little different. And I was like, you know what? Yes. I will send you the artwork. And so my goal is to do that to not just my father, but to all of my family, like my grandmother, um, my mom, my sister, my brother, all of the, just everyone who I think would really appreciate some of the artwork. But I also, I don't know about you, but whenever I get like a handwritten like thank you card or like some sort of thing in the mail, I always get like super tickled pink and I'm like, yes, I got mail today that's not like <laughs> junk mail about like extending my car warranty or something like that. So I'm going to try to or do a bill that. Or a bill. Oh, 
Don't, yeah. <laughs> Those are not fun. Those are not fun either. But I was like, how nice would it be to get like a little picture um, that my daughter has created for like specifically for that person. So I that is what that will be my New Year's resolution. Send more mail. I love it. I love it. I think that's a great idea. And let me warn you as your younger starts to, you know, go to school as well, the artwork starts to pile up and it's really difficult sometimes to throw it away (laughs) because it feels like making a value judgment on your child's art. So number one, mailing to family is amazing because a, your kid's going to feel like such a superstar, right? And then B, Um, you're going to have a little less of a pile at your house, which is also lovely, but sometimes it's hard to send those beautiful, like your favorites away. So keep taking those pictures and there's actually a cool app I have to share with you. And, and maybe we can share it in our show notes later. Um, that's like basically a art show archive that you can start for your kiddos. And Mm -hmm. so you can kind of archive the ones you send away digitally. So like, you know, you can remember them too, but you can send away some of the fancier stuff to your family and not be like, oh no, I sent away, you know, the snowflake flowers that were amazing. So mom tips. Oh, thank you. We should just start a new podcast all about mom tips. That's what we'll do. Next year, 2023. That will be our New Year's resolution for next year. So let's get back to the topic at hand. Um, So Jenny, what question? Do we have a question that somebody submitted to us? Yeah, I think it's a perfect question for the beginning of what's going to be a new academic semester for us. So dear Ashley, I'm new to online teaching and I'm interested in learning about best practices in online instruction. What is the secret sauce that takes a class from ho-hum to great? From your experiences, would you share some elements of a good online course? Wow. I love that. What is the secret sauce <laughs> that takes a I know. From, I know. What was it? Ho-hum I, I to can't... great? <laughs> yes. I can't, you know, re- I'm not going to reveal the, the real name of this, this person, but um, I was also tickled by this letter and... Um, if you knew who it was, you would be like, this is just the vernacular I would expect from this wonderful human. So <laughs> I'll have to ask you when we are not recording. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I would tell to this faculty member, number one is to be present with your students and in your course. I always like to say that because sometimes there is a misconception that an online course means you just hit publish for the week and then you're done um, until it's time to start grading. But it's really going to benefit your students um, and you as an instructor, too, to really be active in the course. So instead of just being a passive viewer of the content, really dive into some of those discussions that are happening. Record an instructional video so that way they can see who you are and get to know your mannerisms. Encourage them to be able to reach out to you or go to office hours, things like that. So really make sure that your presence is known and that your students feel comfortable to come to you with any questions or that they actually see you engaging in the content with them, because I think that's really going to make for a better experience for your students. Another one I would like to suggest is to keep your course current and practical. I've worked with a couple of faculty who students um, felt as if they were just watching and reading content, but they never got to really apply what they learned. An example is I had an instructor that they initially students were just kind of reading about what makes a good assessment, but then they never actually created an assessment and never actually implemented it. And so we made that simple shift of instead of just reading about it, 
let's actually create one. Let's put it into practice and then let's reflect on the experience that you had. What did you learn? What did you wish you did differently? Things like that. And students got so much more out of that assignment instead of just reading about it. Jenny, do you have any takes or anything that you wanted to share? Yeah. I mean, just jumping in on your last example, I think I think that word practical, especially sometimes in higher education, gets a little bit of a bad rap. Mm-hmm. But for us in particular, right, we're at a school um, that's really creating professionals in the space of education. And so as much as we can bolster their ability to do these things either in the field or in a professional setting, um, I think we need to take those opportunities. So I think you're right on in terms of showing students um, this connectivity between here's what we're reading, here's what we're practicing, here's what that's going to look like in your professional practice, and then absolutely reflecting on it. And I think that reflection is a another big piece I would um, reiterate from what you shared, um, reflecting on not just the work they did on that particular assignment or that activity, but also kind of taking a, a pause to have them reflect throughout the course on their learning, you know, are they achieving their learning goals? Um, You know, what weaknesses have they identified in their knowledge base or their ability to kind of implement something in practice and vice versa? What are they particularly proud of? And I think it's important to take that pause and highlight those moments because it really solidifies in a student's mind how they're doing, how they're connecting the pieces. And in that space of online learning that again can feel a little bit more independent or sometimes a little isolating, it allows you as the instructor to kind of really get to know more about the student, at least from from their perspective of themselves as a learner. And I think that's really helpful, right? They might be really hard on themselves and you might be able to come in and say, whoa, you know, absolutely not. You are doing this really, really well and here's how, but here's also how you can do it even better if that's important to you. Um, so I think those those learning moments are kind of where the magic happens. And so I think that's part of the secret sauce if you can build in those opportunities um, to let them see what they're really learning and what they're connecting. I completely agree. And I also think self-reflection is really important, but also being able to reflect with other students in the course and really have that peer-to-peer interaction um, can really benefit students. So instead of just having students just work by themselves, giving them an opportunity to discuss or even debate various topics and collaborate with another student in the course to, let's say, solve a problem of some sort, it can really benefit students to be able to get that connection with not only their instructor, um, but also with other students within the course. Um, And then I just thought of a last, another idea is to give students a sense of agency. One thing that I always like to recommend is to have feedback surveys that are implemented in the course, um, maybe after like the first week or so, when students really start to get a feel for the course, ask your students, what's working? What's not working? And students, I at least I have found students love to give their feedback um, on how to make things better or what's working, what's not working. Um, But really just give them a chance to talk to you and feel safe to talk about like, hey, I'm not really enjoying the way that this might be structured. And if it's something really minor, um, feel free to change that. It's okay if it's something super minor mid-semester just to show them that, hey, I'm listening to what your feedback is and I care. I want to make this a great experience for you. And I think that would go a long way too. Um, and that could be another ingredient to this secret sauce. 
You know, I, I think this is a really great list. I think it, it's just about being willing to be flexible mm-hmm. and iterative, you know, what works one semester might need a little rethinking given the components of the course for the following semester. So, you know, that class body, whoever you end up getting right in that Mm -hmm. class may tweak things a little bit. Maybe you have more experienced teachers in your course, or maybe you have more novice professionals in your course. And so your areas of focus might have to shift just a little bit to scaffold them where they are. Um, And I think that happens sometimes a little bit more naturally in an in-person space where you have more informal interactions. So as much as you can leave a little bit of wiggle room in these online spaces for that same kind of flexibility, I think that's also important. I completely agree. Thank you again, Jenny, for joining. And listeners, we hope we gave you some strategies that can take your course from ho-hum to great in 2022. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon. If you have an exciting topic you want to hear on our future Designed for Online episodes, feel free to email me at ac8ga at virginia.edu. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon.